All right, time to fire down the weekend and fire up the big week. Guess what? We got some Monday night hoops. We got the tournament still rolling. Got to talk a little bit about the Astros just slightly this week. Talk about the Rockets. And then, of course, Joey's Cougs, man. They keep rolling along, chugging along. Oh, yeah, man. Completely awesome performance last night. First Elite Eight appearance in... 32 years, 33 years, so much deserved, and I cannot wait for Monday night. It's more years than that. You know why I know? Because the last time they went was 1984, and I was born in 1984. So I'm 36. 36, 37 years, you're right, Bad math on my part. That's why I'm podcasting and I'm not a math teacher. How about those Cougs last night? They actually shot worse from the floor uh, than they did previously in the game before. They still haven't figured out how to score yet. Put up 62 instead of 63. Uh, shot 64 from the free throw line, shot 27% from three, and they were still able to hold the Orange Men to 46 points and win that game. It was awesome. The Orange Man or the Orange Men? The Orange Men. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Look, you hear this? That's the sound of my bracket, bro. It's yeah. done. That's a bit sound of your bracket when Creighton's about to get their yeah, butt man. by Gonzaga up here. Creighton's getting blown out right now, so it looks like my final four is Dunsky. I had them for the upset over the Zags, but that's definitely not happening. I'll continue to um, brag about picking the champions this year when Gonzaga wins it all. But, yeah, yeah, and your Cougs did pretty well last night. Um, look, I got to give three takes from the game because, you know, we're going to move along pretty quickly here for this Oregon State matchup. It's You only get one day to celebrate and prepare, right? Um, I got to give hats off to Kelvin Sampson because, you know, Syracuse brought that zone. And you could tell, man, that Houston's game is not really – Fancy, passing the ball around the perimeter, getting the ball inside out. I told you that was going to be the key. Were they going to be able to crack that zone? And, dude, it wasn't even a factor, man. They were getting that high-low action. They were getting guys cutting down the baseline. I think U of H had like six or seven dunks or could have been dunks right at the rim you know, during the game. You know, Justin Gorham was wide open in the paint three or four times that I saw I was working, so I didn't get to pay too close attention uh, to the entire game. But there were times he would get the ball down low, under the basket, nobody near him, and he passed out for a contested three. And those are easy points that you have to take. Uh, I do believe this was the first time all season the Rockets saw that 2-3 zone. Cougars. Yeah, the Cougars, I'm sorry. And it had them completely shaken up. Uh, you could tell. They were forcing bad shots. Too many turnovers, for sure. Way more than they had in the last game. And they're going to have to figure that out before they play a very hot and streaky Oregon State team. Yeah, so, I mean, I got to give Samson credit, man. He had his team prepared. He took the week, and, you know, they came out with a bad game plan. I mean, a bad-ass game plan, excuse me. It wasn't a bad game plan. It was a bad game plan. Um, number two, I noticed that they had heavy guard play against Syracuse, and I think that's kind of foreshadowing. Um, look, there's not much inside presence. We'll talk about a local guy playing for Oregon State here in a couple minutes. Um, but, you know, Oregon State's kind of guard heavy. Then they've got Silva. He's like seven foot two in the center. But they're prepping for that game against Baylor, man, in the final four. They know that matchup's coming. And it's going to be four guards versus four guards. And I mean, Baylor's, Baylor's going to bring the heat, man. Um, so I think the, the heavy guard play, starting three guards and two forwards, not getting a lot of action for Gorham and Fabian White in the middle there, um, kind of sets up for a big time guard play game in the final four. Should the Cougs beat Oregon State? And should Baylor end up beating, I believe, Arkansas? Uh, the third take from the game is, and going into the next game, Quentin Grimes had a heck of a performance. He's got to shoot the rock well, and he's got to have to size up, man. He's got to walk out on that court on Monday night, and when he's put out there up against Ethan Thompson from Oregon State, he's got to let that kid know 
look, this is my game. I'm the McDonald's All-American. This is my court. This is why everybody in the country thought I was one of the 12, 20 best basketball players in high school coming out. And this is why I'm going to dominate and propel my team into the Final Four. Like, he's going to have to own that kid on Monday night. Because if you let Ethan Thompson get going, I mean, look at, look at Loyola, man. They couldn't stop him on Saturday afternoon. So I think those are the three takes I have from the game. Good job by Sampson. Look for all the heavy guard play. The inside presence will not be there in the next couple of games for the Cougs. And Grimes has to do his thing, man. Yeah, uh, one thing Kelvin Sampson always does, one-day turnaround, seven-day turnaround, he does not play games, and his teams are always prepared. You can tell that they respect him and they love playing for him. So I hope they celebrated last night. I hope they had a great time, and I hope that they were at practice at 5 a.m. today because they're going to need it, like I said, against this very streaky Oregon State team. And as far as the guard play, it's going to have to be heavy. I saw way too much hesitation out of Marcus Sasser and Quentin Grimes last night. You know, those guys are both pure shooters, and you have to just shoot, man. Just let it fly. They both had a couple of wide-open shots where they hesitated once or twice and then missed the shot. They cannot do that against a Baylor team in the future who they are going to be undersized against. you got Fabian White, who I think needs to be more involved in the offense, and Justin Gorham, who are both only 6'7". Justin Gorham hung his hat all season on just – he's not a big guy, but he is a big guy. He, he plays so hard, and he's going to overpower you no matter how big you are, and they need to get back to that a little bit. Yeah, Fabian White kind of had the icing on the cake kind of play there, the punch, the throw down at the end of the game. Um, think about this, man. You know, college coaches, they love ball. All coaches love ball. They get together after the games with their teams, and you can think, like, throughout the year, maybe the guys roll down the Wild Wing Cafe like you and I do up here shooting this, you know, Houston, Houston Holler podcast every now and then. So they beat like, you know, maybe Prairie View A&M by 15, 20 points on a Tuesday night in November. And they go out and they scout teams. And they're probably like, oh, yeah, let's go watch the Baylor game. Or let's go watch the Gonzaga game. Let's go watch the Michigan or Iowa game. How many times do you think the U of H coaching staff or any of these coaching staffs in the NCAA tournament stayed up late at 9 o'clock at night to go listen to Bill Walton and watch a freaking Oregon State Beavers basketball game? you think any of these coaches really know how to prepare for this team? you think one day is going to be enough? You know, I don't think anybody stayed up to watch the Oregon State game. They were probably laying in their beds eating Big Macs, you know, <laughs> checking out Instagram. I don't know, man. This Oregon State team, they are very streaky. They have had stretches in the tournament where they just cannot miss, and they're going to have to be prepared for that. They have to play the lockdown D, hold the Syracuse Orangemen to 46 points Monday night the way they did. So I want to say Oregon State's won like seven or eight games in a row because, I mean, they ran through the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah. They weren't even going to be a you know, bubble contender. They weren't even going to get into the tournament. They probably weren't even going to get into the NIT, to be honest with you. And here they are, one of the eight best teams, one of the eight final teams left in the tournament of champions, which is the NCAA March Madness bracket. You know, nothing matters after the March Madness starts. That regular season, none of that matters. And we saw that out of Oral Roberts, who fell just shy last night, two points. I was watching that game. I felt so bad for those kids, man. He had a great shot at the end of the game, came up just short. I really thought it was going to go in. So shout out to Oral Roberts on their season. They proved that what happens in the regular season once the tournament starts does not matter. And I'm hoping that Oregon State doesn't come out and look like the team they have over the last seven or eight games, like you just said, man, because they're going to be tough to beat. And that could be on upset alert. I don't think they're going to upset us, but who knows, man? Anything can happen. You know who's upset about the Oral Roberts loss? Who's that? This is a quote coming from my buddy Mike Schaefer, okay? 
Sean Watson. I heard Oral Roberts really busted his bracket over the weekend. Oh, come on, Chuck. You're going to get fined. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to give you a little pregame here. All right. Get you going for Monday night. Uh, we'll see how many times they reference this during the broadcast. Uh, it's a 6:15 tip off for the Elite Eight between Oregon State and your Cougs. Uh, Warth Alatiche. Okay. He's a power forward. He's actually from Westside High School right here in Houston. HISD product playing for the Beavers. H-Town. I'm going to give you his stat line, man. And he plays the game like all of those Cougar hustlers in there, man. Crashing the boards. That's the name of his game. Four points, nine rebounds against the Vols. Six points, 12 rebounds against Okie State. And then he had a double-double in that game against Loyola last round on Saturday. Ten points, 11 rebounds. So the West Side product doing his thing. We'll see if he can step up and have a huge game against the Cougs. He'll probably be familiar with a lot of these guys on the team, whether it's playing pickup ball in the summer when he's back home from college or just knowing them from the AAU circuits growing up. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the court because, you know, U of H kind of has that swag to him when they're out there. And like I said, that's why Quentin Grimes has to step up. Being from the Woodlands, being an H-Town guy, playing on the circuit, he's got to step out there and say, hey, man, Ethan Thompson, Go home. It's time for you to pack up and go home. Put your Cinderella slipper on and get on out of the banquet. Yeah, man. Uh, for our sake, I hope he doesn't. Quentin Grimes got into foul trouble early last night, and I think four minutes, three minutes into the game, he had two fouls, so he was benched until about eight or nine minutes left in the first half, and our offense just fell completely stagnant. I think we were at 17 points for a good four minutes of regulation. They have to figure out how to move the ball and score without Quentin Grimes on the court, and when he is on the court, he just has to do his thing because he is one of the best offensive players in the country, supposedly, so you need to show up on the big stage, man. We're going to have a lot of fun uh, if Baylor and U of H... Both advance tomorrow. Oh, man. And that'll be a great show. We'll continue capping the Final Four on Tuesday. So stay tuned on Houston Holler. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Holla Houston. That's H-O-L-L-A. Houston Holler on Facebook. And, of course, we're starting to get some interviews rolling in. I think we're going to have a road show coming up this Thursday. We'll keep it a secret. We'll tell you who we're going to visit this week on our Facebook page, Houston Holla Sports at gmail.com. If you want to get on our show and feature a couple of your athletes, shoot us a quick message. Another quick college basketball note. What do you think about Shaka Smart leaving UT? I think it's awesome, man. Who doesn't want to, who doesn't want to be a coach at Marquette basketball? Uh, you know, I he think, might find the next D Wade. He might. I or think, Jimmy Butler. I think he is a great coach. I don't think UT was the right fit. I believe he had six full seasons. And they only won one tournament game in six years. So I think it was time for them to move on. I still think he's a great coach. And I hope he has success at Marquette because I like Shaka. My analysis is this. Okay. University of Texas wants the best athletes. And they're letting these cats like Cade Cunningham slip up the road to Oklahoma State. You know? Uh, the Harmon kid from North Texas, from Dallas area as well, playing at Oklahoma. They're letting these kids get out of state. They're not even getting the best kids in the state of Texas. Shaka's target recruiting zone was more back on that East Coast, D.C. style. Let's yeah. face it, the best UT player maybe of all times, Kevin Durant. He's not from Texas, but he did land there under Cliff Barnes. Cliff Barnes did have the East Coast connection. I think the bottom line is the University of Texas doesn't want second-rate, third-star, four-star athletes trying to build their way up. They don't want to play with the chip on the shoulder. They want to have the best 
and make everybody else play up to their best. And I don't think that's why Shaka Smart was not a good fit there. Uh, I don't know who the next head coach will be. If it is Chris Beard, like all the Texas Texters speculate and most of the Big 12 and the nation's talking about right now, well, you know what? He's going to go out and get the best players. He already was. He was getting the Micah Peavies from Duncanville. He was getting some of the studs in the state of Texas. And those are the players that UT fans want on the court. They were getting tired of the undersized guards playing up to the McDonald's All-Americans and the rest of the Big 12 and quite frankly, losing games like they were in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, man, most definitely. And I do believe Chris Beard is going to be the one that ends up with the job. It is the only name that we have heard or seen. I think that is their target, and I think that's what's going to happen. They are one of the most storied and historied schools in the nation, and they expect to sign those big-name players out of Texas. Like you said, Shaka liked to recruit his kids from the East Coast, and it just didn't work out, man. He tried... Six years, one tournament win. It's time for him to move on. I think he will have more success at Marquette, though. So we'll see how many kids also enter the transfer portal. It's like every single NCAA basketball team, Joey, that loses the next day. (laughs) Some kid enters the transfer portal. Like, I'm out of the NCAA tournament. I'm leaving. I'm going to a different school next year. It's the quitter society that we have. See how many recruits Oral Roberts gets next year. They got a great coach over there, man. Who knows? I noticed yesterday, this is really funny. This is just a side note. I don't know if anybody else noticed this. If you're watching here locally in Houston during the U of H game, and really I think throughout the whole day, I think every game there was a commercial for Abilene Christian University, like a 30-second spot, probably purchased in like the Dallas market, the Austin market, the San Antonio market, the Houston market, promoting Abilene Christians. Like, hey, let's go ahead and ride this high. And let's buy a local 30-second commercial during the NCAA tournament so people can know more about our school, show off the aerial footage of our campus, and see if we can get some enrollment numbers up at our little private Christian university out in West Texas. Oh, man, they're going to ride that uh, tournament, those couple tournament wins. They're going to ride that for a while. You're going to see more Abilene Christian commercials. You're going to see them trying to recruit, trying to fill their pockets a little bit. Shout out to Damian Daniels, by the way. That kid's like five foot six, and he played his heart out the entire tournament. He became one of my favorite college basketball players this season, just in the three games that I watched, man. That was awesome. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the biggest choke of the weekend. And it has nothing to do with the NCAA. We're going to move on to the NBA here. How in the world are the Rockets going to put out such a great performance and not score in the last seven and a half minutes of game one Friday against the Minnesota Timberwolves and then turn around and beat them by 22 points? On Saturday night, how are they splitting that? How are they not losing both of those games? What is wrong with this organization? Why are they trying to win games? I just don't know anymore. Uh, Funny stat here, 26,000 plus NBA games in 25 years. Only the fourth time this has happened, a team doesn't score in the final seven and a half minutes of regulation with a 15-point lead. They went 0 for 14 from the field. They looked absolutely terrible. And I Steve, mean, to me, that, but in the, in the situation, Joey, that defines Clutch City. That defines that was Clutch, clutch City. Baby. We haven't been Clutch City in a while. But that was Clutch, though, because we don't want to win. So, like, if you're not going to score in the last eight minutes of a game, then that's Clutch to me. The frustration's building up, not only for the players, but for Steven Silas. You could see it on his face after that, man. He was almost crying in that press conference. And I was sitting at home feeling so bad for that guy. And after that game, he came out. There's no the, crying in basketball. And you know, he said, he put it out there for the whole world to know, 
I told them to run an offense and they didn't run it. So he's telling the world that he already doesn't have the locker room. And I just don't think that's a good look for him or for the Houston Rockets or for the brand of basketball that we want to attract or that we want to play. You don't tell the world, hey, my team's not listening to me. So I just, I, I mean, don't it was know. pretty evident that Victor Oladipo wasn't listening already. So, so long. See you later. Enjoy. Bienvenido a Miami. Hasta luego. I really want John Wall gone, man. I like the guy. Like I said, I just can't just You want John Wall gone? I want John Wall gone. You think he's the leader in the clubhouse, not paying attention to Coach Silas? You know, I'm I telling you, I would love to see John Wall play next to Jalen Suggs or Cade Cunningham. I'm telling you, I would love to see that backcourt. 43 mil a year, man. Not worth it. Yeah, it might be fun, but we are rebuilding. We are terrible. We are the worst team in the league, and I think you have to move on from a guy I mean, like John Wall. Here's what I gotta say: is good luck getting rid of that contract. Good luck getting rid of it. And what do you want to do if we keep him? Do you want to build around John Wall, 33 years old? No. You know, it's so. What do you do? I think, I think you got to get rid of him. I think you got to dump it. Maybe buy him out. Who knows, man? I just I don't think that we have a chance at success with John Wall. As our leader. So get your emails out. Get your phone calls into the Rockets box office. Let them know you're not going to be buying tickets if they don't get one of those top four draft picks. They dropped the spot in the standings. The Detroit Pistons are now one game ahead of the Rockets in second place. The Rockets fall to third. Of course, Minnesota holding strong to that number one pick. Isn't that crazy, man? We lost 20 games in a row, and there's still a worse team in the league on paper than us. All right, guys. MVP <laughs> of the game last night. Uh-oh. We traded James Harden at the end of the day for Kelly Olynyk. 25 minutes, 16 points, four for six from three, four rebounds, four assists, and four steals. What where a did, game last night from Kelly Olenek. Where did Kelly Olenek play college ball? I don't know. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. All right. Maybe he should have filled out your bracket. He wouldn't have your final four busted. That still blows my mind. I know we got the most draft picks in history from any trade out of the James Harden trade, who in reality will never equal James Harden. We got Kelly freaking Olenek. And Avery Bradley, don't forget about and him. And Avery Bradley, another UT boy. So we got we traded James Harden for Karis Levert, Jarrett Allen, and that turned into Avery, Bad, Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek, man. I just don't – the organization has no direction. Like you said earlier, the only thing we have to talk about when it comes to the Rockets is uh, jokes and how they are the joke of the league Good right jokes now. and then also about how I don't want to pay $16 for a vodka Sprite at the game. It's Tito's, man. Come on. I know it's high quality. But I don't care. I don't want to pay $16. I don't care about the souvenir cup. And usually they just give you like a 20-ounce plastic clear cup, too. I don't even get a souvenir cup. If I'm going to pay $16, I'll get it refilled. At least give me something I can take home and drink Ozarka water out of. Now, pretty soon the tickets are going to be cheaper than the drinks. You'll probably be able to find floor seats for 25 bucks next season. You won't find floor seats for that. But you can definitely sit in the upper deck going flash seats five minutes for the game. Here's the trick. If you've never been to a Rockets game, you'd like to just check out an NBA game, go hang out at Papacitos right there at Hotel of the Americas, Hilton of the Americas. Get you a couple margaritas, some queso, maybe split a fajita platter, take a nice little date out there. And then five minutes before the game starts, get on flash seats. Guarantee you could probably buy mid-level upper deck seats for probably five, ten dollars a pop. Go to the game for 20 bucks. Tell her you're buying the drinks on your cell phone. I paid for dinner. Boom. Good night. You can also buy the $12 seats up in the 400s and then halfway through the first quarter upgrade down to the second level for like 10 bucks, which is usually what I do at the Astros or Rockets game. I heard the Usher game's pretty strong right now, though. They're not going to let you into the lower seats unless you have a COVID vaccine verification card. So. <laughs>
I, I am interested to see how this COVID That was completely plays false, out. by the way. I don't want the Rockets suing us. Yeah, so be they wouldn't have they, they wouldn't have much to sue, but it's okay. Uh, I'm going to the game opening night. I'm going to the Astros game. So I'm very interested to see how this whole COVID protocol thing plays out. Supposedly there's plexiglass pods set what? up in the seats. And, what? You know, so I'm 100% interested to see how this happens. Is it going to be a complete sellout like the Rangers are doing? Uh, they're only allowing 50%. The Rangers are allowing. That's not bad. That'll be a fun crowd. It'll be loud. Well, like, they, they sold the out six times last year anyway, so I don't really think the 50% is going to affect I've the seen, like, the Rice, Texas, LSU, A&M games, U of H, Baylor, and all those games that they've played, like, at Minute Maid Ballpark for the College Classic, and there's usually only, like, maximum six, 7,000 people in there, and it's loud. So it'll be super loud for an Astros game with only 20, 24,000 people in there. Yeah, so. you know – and we don't sell out a lot of games anyway, including the playoffs. I believe we sold out six games last season. As good as we have been, Houston sports teams just don't sell out stadiums, unless you're a Texans fan for some reason. Then it takes eight years to get season tickets, and they suck. Yeah, plus your PSL price, right? Yeah. I looked into getting Texans season tickets, but I was like, I'd rather, I told you this, I'd rather play golf on Sundays. Yeah, they won't be available until 2032. What, for Texans? If you get on yeah. the waiting list, that's why you buy they them. They sell out every Sunday, yeah, but you even can, if they're 2-14. and 14, That's why we suck, because look, Cal McNair's pockets are full. Look, local, local season ticket holders for the Texans over the past two decades, they're looking to get out of their PSLs faster than those people that bought all that Game Stock, okay? GameStop stock. That's hard to say. GameStop stock. GameStop stock. I but did get in on the whole Doge. What's worth thing. more, a PSL to the Houston Texans in the 2021 season or one share of GameStop? <laughs> I don't know how we got on the subject of the Texans. That's my fault. But until people stop going to the games, we're going to suck because Kyle McNair is not going to care. But you can say the same about the Rockets too, though. Rockets are bottom tier, bottom 30% of attendance every season. Even the Western Conference Finals games, there was tickets available. Oh, yeah. I used to buy six tickets and sell them to Golden State fans. Yeah. You know, you're playing Golden State in uh, game five, six, or seven in the Western Conference Finals, and you've got open seats everywhere. So that's it's always just, the best, man. It's Houston fans. I want to know, look, let us know on the Facebook page when we post this link. Please let us know or tweet us or something. I want to know if anybody has ever taken advantage, any of our listeners have ever taken advantage when they're like, hey, show up an hour before tip-off, and we'll give you like two free sodas and two free hot dogs if you show up an hour before the game. They used to have like hot dog happy hour an hour before the playoff games because in Houston, nobody would show up to the middle of the second quarter. A few years ago, we were playing OKC in the first round, and I bought tickets for the entire series. There was a game that was supposed to tip off at 7 o'clock, and there was only like 2,000 people inside a Toyota Center at tip-off. So they extended tip-off 30 minutes, hoping more people would come in because they didn't want to look bad on national TV. You know, that's a playoff team selling 2,000 tickets, and it's just Houston fans are so finicky in that, that point, man. All right, man. What else you want to talk about today? You got anything else on the plate? I don't have anything else on the plate today. I believe that's it. Come to Wild Wing Cafe, 20940 KD Freeway. Check out the wings. Like Lance said earlier, you can find us on social media. Facebook, Houston Holla. Twitter, at Holla Houston. HoustonHolla.Buzzsprout.com. We do have an interview coming for you Thursday. We're going to keep that a secret for now, but we are super excited to get our first interview on the books. We might even have one Tuesday if we can work hard enough to find one. Yeah, if we can work hard enough to find one. But if not, we will talk Astros. We're going to have our hands full in the summer, man, because we've got so many football interviews waiting in the books, and we are going to be bringing those to you as soon as summer starts. All right, so it's official. Creighton is about to win by 20. I said they'd win by – oh, sorry. Gonzaga's about to beat Creighton by 20. 
So there you go, Joey. I'm sorry. Your bracket is officially busted. It's me, busted. Uh, let me get our top-notch sound effects ready for you one more time. All right, so come on out here. I'm drinking a nice Crush City IPA today. The beer is cold. The wings are tasty. And uh, on Tuesday, we'll give you a little Astros preview, and we'll hit up that topic of Carlos Correa. We'll see if anything settles in the next 48 hours between him and the front office of Los Astros. I don't know what this button does, but I want to push it really quick. Listen to it. All right, sorry about that, guys. We got a new toy. So, all right, y'all, hit us up. Houston Holla Sports at gmail.com. I'm Lance Edwards. That's Joey Wyatt. Holla Keep it Houston. trill, y'all.